you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with the Gun Show. This is episode 338, Protecting Your Assets. This week, I want to help you prepare by hearing from Ed Riley, an insurance professional on protecting your property. Marty Hayes, a legal expert and firearms trainer on protecting your freedom after defending your life. And in our Help a Brother Up segment, by introducing you to Ambrose Jones III, a comedian I love and want you to look out for and support. Plus news and something funky in between thoughts. All this and a whole lot more coming up next on your fave righteous podcast, The Black Man with the Gun, Heart and Soul. This is the podcast for the cool people in the gun community. I talk about and to newsmakers, producers, and things that matter to law-abiding, fun-loving gun owners like you. I love America, the freedom, the music, the people like you and me. I know what you're going through. I'm your friend and brother from another mother. Encouraging and trusted content from the guy known around the world as the black man with a gun. This is what cool sounds like. I'm Ken Blanchard, and welcome to the Black Man with a Gun Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun-filled, factual, and low-fat episode of the Black Man with a Gun Show. If this is your first time listening, you're going to get a little bit of everything. Commentary, news, politics, but all stuff I hope that helps you make it to another week. We're going to start off this episode with John Wayne leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance. And then I'm going to talk about that for a hot second. And then I got three guests that I just want you to hear. Again, thank you so much. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You know, it was like a 50s song that said, I couldn't sleep at all last night. Well, that's how I felt for real. I couldn't sleep. I was tossing and turning because I was in the store and uh, saw a couple of covers of Ebony Magazine, which are a cultural Afrocentric magazine, kind of a version of life back in the day. And this one had pictures of famous athletes and actors with their sons wearing gray hoodies. And as you would imagine, it's in support of Trayvon Martin's family and the thought that stand your ground and uh, castle doctrine and gun rights are all open season on black people. And they were using this as a movement to kind of stir the pot as you were. It bothered me because I know this will be an effective way to put a bigger wedge between Americans. I am in the process right now of making my own hoodie with a copy of the American flag on the front of it and the words indivisible.org underneath of it. And I want us to kind of wear that. Nobody's dividing up my country. Nobody's playing my friends against each other. 
I'll be creating a whole movement myself. I'm hoping to have some YouTube videos probably once a week at least just on the subjects that matter to us. Indivisible.org. Coming soon. Just had to get that out there. If you believe in it, if you think I'm way off base, tell me before I get started. I'd like to hear from you. But it bothered me, and I think I can do something about it. I'm getting a little bit more comfortable behind the camera, still kicks my butt. In the, um, the Unnamed Church podcast this week, for example, has been five episodes on BlanchardChapel.us, have all been video podcasts. And it's been some work, but I think I know why I was being told to do it. It helps me so that I can create this. And then after I know what I want to say, I might even hire somebody to do the videoing so that I can get a professional thing. I figure if the kid president can make a good video that gets out there, then I should be able to do the same thing and help our country not be divided. Let me know your thoughts. Sorry to hit you with that so heavily. But it was on my mind. It would have bugged me all episode if I hadn't talked about it first off. If it doesn't make sense, hit me back up on Facebook, Black Man with a Gun 1. And it's like, Ken, what were you saying in episode 338? I didn't quite catch it because, you know, sometimes I mumble. Have you heard about the new Al Jazeera news show? It's a new company headquartered out of New York City. And they're all in all the major cities right now. And some have, they have the best and brightest journalists they've kind of poached from all over. They're actually competing with CNN. Now, after you can get over that anti-Islamic thing that we have, you might admit a little competition is a good thing. And that's just American. It's not un-American to be proud of your heritage either. In this post-9-11 world, we're still jaded, but Al Jazeera is going for it anyway. I think the word itself means island or Arab peninsula. Still got to check on my Arabic for that. The ratings are down right now, I heard, but I don't think it's from their content, just perception. Well, Rick Ector from Detroit, legally armed in Detroit, and I were both mentioned and written in a recent article that they wrote, and I thought a reporter did a pretty good job. He was a typical New Yorker, and he was uninitiated in this whole gun thing, but he listened, and I think I opened his mind to try our sport, I hope. Actually, I got some I had good vibes from the dude. So you have to just kind of beware of our own prejudices and stereotypes of Americans of African and Arab descent and the people that promote that. Now, I know they are still extremists and they hide behind every religion. And I'll talk about that more later. But for right now, I say give them a shot and let me know what you think of Al Jazeera News. I think it's Al Jazeera America. Yeah, that's it. For those that live in the state of Maryland, SB 281 goes into effect October 1st, 2013, right around the corner. The Firearm Safety Act of 2013 is a major mistake, and it's going to infringe on the rights of Marylanders in a big way. So we're actually looking to file a lawsuit against SB 281. I've been looking for somebody that wants to buy a handgun purchase for the first time wants it for home defense and will probably be banned by this act just because they're 
advanced in age or have a physical impairment. It's some major issues with this thing. It's a unconstitutional bill that got through because of the governor. So the only recourse we have is to fight it in law. So if you know somebody who is a um, senior citizen, probably, who hasn't have a firearm already, a handgun, and wants to use it for self-defense, looking for plaintiffs, just give me a shout. I've had the worst time trying to find it over the Labor Day weekend. Um, almost had my mother try to do it. Been saving her for such an occasion. It was kind of like a break glass kind of thing. But mom said, no, nah, she don't want to be famous, not yet. So I'm still working on it, though. But if you know somebody that is willing to stand for Maryland, give me a shout. Or contact somebody in the Associated Gun Clubs of Baltimore or several of the groups that are connected to it. We're all trying to fight this thing. Did you hear about the news in Brazil? More than 1 million people were murdered in Brazil between 1980 and 2011, making it the world's seventh most violent country, according to the survey that came out at the end of July. Uh, during the period, homicides soared 132% and claimed over a million lives. Now, that's kind of crazy. Brazil ranked seventh amongst the world's most violent nations. Places where I've been, like El Salvador, Trinidad and Tobago, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Venezuela, Colombia, and Guatemala. Isn't that something? Who would have thought the U.S. Virgin Islands was ranked higher? But it is. It's bad in the Caribbean, y'all. Guatemala, El Salvador, woo! Worse than the movies. That's why everybody's here. And terrorism is not new. No, it's not. This week, we'll probably be celebrating in memorial all those we lost at 9-11. Yeah, it's coming right up all over again. It's like a wound that never heals. But terrorism is real. And I'm going to actually tell you a story of the first time that terrorism actually affected me personally. This weekend, though, before I get there, there's a Baltimore Comic Con happening September 6th and 7th. It's a big deal. I mean, they're pulling all the stops. It'll probably be the biggest show on the East Coast. Yep. So go all see all the people who are costumed and looking like people you've never seen before in your life. It's a whole other thing of pop culture. I'm hoping I get loads of pictures and some interviews from my correspondents. Hint, hint. And uh, tell me all about it. Comic-Con, Baltimore 6 and 7. And now, let me tell you about what happened to me in Brazil. <laughs> 30 years ago, back in 1983 when Ronald Reagan was the president, was the first time I actually learned about terrorism. I was a sergeant in the U.S. Marine Corps serving in the U.S. Embassy in Brasilia, Brazil. An MSG, a Marine Security Guard. 1983 was also the year I was almost kidnapped. Never told you that story? 
Yeah, well, I was a social butterfly. I was coming out of my own. I was 21 years old, and I was trying to meet as many Brazilian women as I could before I died. I was all over the place. Actually frequenting a house of ill repute and fell in love with a girl named Roxy. Well, I was as fit as I ever was. I was jogging from our house as we do for our physical fitness test to stay in shape. There's a three-mile run from our house in the ritzy part of Brasilia to the Avenue of Nations where all the embassies were almost all uphill. And I got up that morning. I didn't have to work until the evening. I was going to run to the embassy, shower, shave, get dressed, have lunch, and just stay up there in the embassy until I had to go on to work. Well, this morning, I opened the door and I had my running shorts on and my Nike shoes and my Walkman, which probably the weight of a brick at this point. But it was the latest and the greatest from the AFI's catalog. It was waterproof and all that. Even had FM and AM radio attached to it. It was cool. I remember running down the stairs and stretching, and I looked to my left and my right as I was doing my calisthenics, and I saw a white van at the far end of the street. looked like a panel van that you would use for construction, uh, lawn equipment, or some contractor. Wasn't unusual. Began my run, slow jog, hit the button. I think I had Rocky music to start me off with. Ran past the van, ran down the avenue, ran into the main road, up the hill toward the first bridge that crossed Lago Sul. The van appeared again. This time, it drove past me and the guy, Middle Eastern in appearance, stared. And I thought, wow. The gay folks in this city are getting obnoxious. I might want to wear more clothes next time I go running. And then the van sped off. I was still jamming, probably on Funkadelics by now. My foot was hitting on the beat. I was in the groove. I was feeling good. The air is so fresh in Brazil. The van, powered by that sugarcane, alcohol-based stuff they use over there, makes your skin feel like uh, somebody slapped alcohol on it when they drove by. But I think it's actually good for the environment, that gas they have there. As I hit the last big hill, there was a long exit ramp that went off toward the Avenue of Nations. As I started up the top of the hill, which was probably a good half of a mile straight up, the van stopped, pulled over, and put on its hazard's light. It was then that it dawned on me that I had seen the same van in my neighborhood, the same van at the bridge, and now the same van was now waiting for me because there was no logical reason for it to stop where it was except for to intercept me in a place where I had to be the most tired, the top of the hill, right at the yield sign before you cross the big highway 
that goes up to the next big hill that heads toward the Avenue of Nations. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I knew I was in trouble. Later, I would find out that uh, suicide bombing happened in Beirut, Lebanon. It killed 63 people, the deadliest attack on a U.S. diplomatic mission at the time. It was the beginning of the anti-U.S. attacks by Islamic groups. It happened that year, and I was about to become a statistic. A lot comes into your mind when you're, you have nothing but a musical device, your running shoes, and shorts. How do you fight a van of people, perhaps, prepared to kidnap a full-grown man? I slowed my pace so that I could think longer. Took long, deep breaths, sucking in all the air I could. The only thing I could think of was to ignore them until I got close enough to confirm that they were after me. And right before they grabbed me, to give it my best, my Jesse Owens, my Carl Lewis, my Jamaican dash across the highway and into the highway, hoping that maybe they couldn't get across the highway as fast as a single person running could. Maybe the cars would keep them a bay until I could get up the hill a little bit closer. Maybe I could make it close to the gate. And if not, I'd run into the, into the grass where the car would have a little, or the van have a little bit harder time to catch me, but I was going to run right past them at my very best. I was going to do a bolt impression and go for the gold. That's the only plan I had. I thought it worked for a cartoon figure, a foghorn leghorn, running the chicken hawk. He ran into the highway and train or bus hit him, I think, and the good guy got away. So I'm going to try to work for a cartoon. Maybe it'll work for me. I could hear my feet hitting the concrete. They were moving at the same pace as my heart. I only had one plan, and it had to work. When I got to the van, I saw that the tags were scratched out. Sliding door opened. A guy jumped out. I saw his open palms as I bent my head lower like somebody hit the starting gate. I heard the ding of the bell, the shot clock, the pistol fired, and I was gone. I ran straight into a highway, a four-lane highway. Nearly got hit by two, three cars, ran down the center of the yellow line, dodged a couple more cars, and then jumped over and ran as fast as I could up a hill, another hill that had to be a good half a mile left toward the gate of the U.S. Embassy, Brasilia. The van was in hot pursuit, but it couldn't merge. It was stuck by the traffic. It nearly got hit by a couple of cars. I could hear the beeps behind me, but they were still trying to make it. Because I am a blessed mug. One of my friends from the house was also, had got off work from midnight shift, it took a shower, had done some stuff, ate some breakfast, and was now coming home a little later than usual. 
His, his, he had our car. Prettiest white station wagon you ever wanted to see. It was retro like everything else in Brazil. And I flagged him down and dove in the window and told him what was up. And he did the best J-turn you ever wanted to see. Would have made all our terrorist drivers proud. And we hauled butt back into the embassy, screaming and hollering over the radio. The local guards closed the main gate behind us. We zoomed to the front of the building, and I was safe. Again, that was the year of the suicide bombing in Beirut, Lebanon. that killed 63 people. We were put on lockdown for a while. Nobody could run. We had to be escorted by vehicle for a while. I was in a very amorous mood. I had survived a kidnapping, maybe even death. I was looking for my girlfriend. Hopefully she wasn't working tonight. Roxy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got no business singing this song. You don't have to put on a red light Those days are over You don't have to sell your body to the night Roxanne You don't have to wear that dress tonight Walk the streets for money You don't care if it's wrong or if it's right Roxanne You don't have to put on the red light Roxanne You don't have to put on the red light I knew you I wouldn't talk down to you I have to tell you just how I feel I won't share you with another boy I know my mind is made up So put away your makeup Told you once I won't tell you again It's a bad way Roxanne, you don't have to put on the red light. Roxanne, you don't have to put on the red light. 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 Put 
just sharing because the events that happened were true. And I think about Brazil a lot. If you're from Brazil and you're listening, quando eu penso do Brasil, ainda vejo isso com curinho. Eu amo o povo então, se estou perdendo, posso estar lá. And my Portuguese is real rusty, but I tried. If you're listening from the place of order and progress, chama me. Fala comigo, tá? Crossbreedholsters.com. Often imitated, never duplicated. Handcrafted in the USA. Home of the lifetime warranty and a try-it-free guarantee. Crossbreedholsters.com. All right, next up, interview with Ed Riley, telling us some stuff about insurance that you probably never even thought of. Ed Riley, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Man, you are a veteran in the insurance business, and I got some questions for you. I actually want to know for my listeners how to be properly insured and kind of just take the mystic, the mystic, uh, the, 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 the stuff we just don't know about insurance, about liability, about protecting our collections, about home insurance, the whole liability thing. If you could just help us out, understand about insurance policies. I'd be very happy to. Uh, yeah, 40 years in the property and casualty business has allowed me to uh, see what the contracts provide and um, see how it applies to gun owners and the users of weapons. So we'll start with the fundamentals that, yes, guns are covered under home policies or renters or condominium policies. But there's always that but. The contractual limitations include, number one, a deductible, which means that you may have to be responsible for the first $500 or $1,000 of value. Second, it will be uh, the maximum coverage afforded by the contract. For instance, the ones I promote, I sell, have a $1,500 maximum value within a claim. And number three, the types of issues that could occur. For instance, all policies cover theft of personal possessions, fire, vandalism, explosion. These are things which we uh, would recognize would be commonly carried, uh, covered. The problem is what happens if you're using your weapon and it falls out of your hands and gets damaged? Your home, condo, renters provides no coverage under the basic policy for that extra type of damage which may occur. So the advice is know the value of your weapons, know your insurance policy, and if you don't, call up your agent. He'll be well-versed with it. And make sure that the contract covers your needs and your um, desires. For instance, I've got a $500 Smith & Wesson. I've got a $1,000 deductible on my policy. I know that if my weapon is stolen or burned up, I get no benefit. But I know some folks with with rifles worth five thousand or seven thousand dollars, and yet they only have fifteen hundred dollars of coverage, and they're fine with that. Other folks have a three thousand dollar weapon, and they want it specifically insured, which can be done by the use of a rider. 
So can you take your most valuable weapon? You want to make sure it's properly covered. You take uh, the information, give it to your insurance company. They, they charge you an extra $5 per thousand. So we'll use that $5,000 rifle. Okay. $25 a year gives you the benefit of no deductible, no $1,500 limit. It's fully covered to 5000 And more importantly, extra coverages which aren't provided by the basic policy. What I mean by that is, sure, theft is covered, fire, explosions covered, but now if you drop your gun, if it discharges and damages the, um, the weapon itself, these additional types of damage would be covered by a rider on your basic policy. But Ken, the, the other big important issue is liability. Remember that liability insurance on your home, renters, or condo will cover if you uh, are negligent in the use of your weapon. So suppose somebody comes in your house and you intentionally shoot them. Right. No liability insurance. Your policy won't provide any legal defense, won't provide any benefit. Um, but likewise, uh, you're using your weapon, a discharge causes the, the gun to malfunction, and your partner next to you gets uh, hit by shrapnel. Hmm. Well, that wasn't an intentional action. That was accident. Your home policy would cover that accident that happened to your uh, your shooting partner. Um, liability insurance is very important because you have to contribute to the negligence of the injury. So if you fail to clean your weapon, if you fail to uh, use it properly, um, um, loading issues, mm -hmm. or even if you make your own ammunition and it fails to perform properly, those are negligent actions on your part which your policy would cover. does not cover intentional, but would cover accidental negligent actions. Check your policy, call your agent, make sure your coverage matches up with your household and your attitude. Gotcha. Okay, so now I have a collection. I have more than just that Smith & Wesson. I have a couple of pistols, a rifle, and a shotgun. How do I ensure all that? Well, you, you make the decision on which ones you want the better benefit for and you're willing to pay the extra money for. Uh, and then you contact your insurance agent. He adds those coverages to your home policy at $5 per thousand. So if we have a $20,000 collection, well, for $100 a year, it makes an awful lot of sense to insure them. Yes, it does. Uh, some people have had weapons inherited to them. They have no financial investment in the weapon, and if it gets stolen, it gets stolen. They're not worried about replacing it. But an awful lot of your listeners will go out and pay very high dollars for very good weapons, and if they find out their home policy is limited with deductibles and limitations, they'll be unhappy. They need to contact their agent, schedule it on the policy, and get the proper level of coverage. Well, that sounds simpler than I thought, actually. Yeah, but it's important to review because if we do nothing, they have deductibles and they have limitations. So we want to make sure that if you have a high-value collection or a high-value weapon, that you make sure you uh, take care of it, just like jewelry or fine arts or a painting. You want to make sure you have the proper coverage under your contract. All right, cool. How about this liability thing? You said if I had to intentionally shoot somebody, that's a whole different policy, right? Uh, if you can get it. Um, again, uh, state law, and you, you're uh, fairly well-versed on this, Ken. If somebody comes into my house, they're coming at me, I'm fearful for my life, and I shoot them. I, I, I am under the impression, I think as you are, that we're not negligent and we're not liable for that action. Right. 
the castle rule. But he's going out the back door and you shoot him in the back, well, that's a different issue. Right. Now you've made an intentional action, you're at risk, and your insurance policy provides you no coverage. In Maryland, again, different states have different laws, as we found out down in Florida. Mm-hmm. There's a stand-your-ground rule, and I believe there's 30 states across the United States that have that stand-your-ground rule. But in Maryland, where I reside, you have to be in uh, imminent danger of your life. If somebody has the TV under their arm heading out the back door, you're not allowed to defend your uh, property at that moment. Right. Uh, it's a very dis- disturbing uh, uh, concept from where I stand. This is my house. This is my stuff. This is my family. I should do what I need to do to protect it. I got you. Actually, law enforcement has the same rule. Yeah. And uh, so, again, we're respectful of the laws that are in place. We may not like them all, but we also have to be aware of them. We have to be educated about them. Uh, again, someone's cleaning their weapon, accidental discharge that hits a family member. Yeah, there there could be a liability issue here that is covered by your policy. And again, if you're if someone's coming at you, you, you discharge your weapon, they get injured. Uh, your home policy provides legal defense. The insurance company hires a lawyer, defends you in a court of law to say that you were operating within the bounds of the law. Legal defense is a very important part of your contract, and that has no limit of dollars. Uh, Many policies have a $300,000 limit for injury to others, but the legal defense, there's generally no limitation. They'll have to spend as much money as necessary to prove that you were innocent in what you did. Okay, good. I'm going to make sure I get you back on the show for follow-up questions. And if anybody has a question for Mr. Riley, you can just send them to me and I will forward and have a second conversation. Is that fair enough? That's wonderful. I look forward to it. This is a good discussion. It's an important discussion, especially in this day and age. Weapons are becoming more expensive. Liability issues are coming up. Um, you know, this is this is very current stuff. All right, man. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Ken. Is that funky or what? Love that. All right, next up, Marty Hayes from the Firearms Academy of Seattle. I asked some questions of Ed that kind of led us to this next part about liability issues. I got reminded about Marty by Masad Ayub doing my MAG 40 class. Thanks, Moss. Marty Hayes, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Ken. It's a pleasure to talk with you after all these years. I've uh, I've been a fan of yours after getting your book uh, oh, about a decade ago. So, again, thank you for inviting me on. On top of being a firearms instructor extraordinaire, let's, let's go there for a hot second. Tell me about your school. Well, the Firearms Academy of Seattle is a school that is 25 years old now. Uh, we have a, a small 40-acre uh, range and uh, facility down here halfway between Portland and Seattle and we basically have uh, 
I've been conducting classes for the last 25 years, uh, primarily catered to the local uh, population between Portland and Seattle, but occasionally we get people flying out to take our courses. And what's your website for those who don't know about it yet? Uh, Firearmsacademy.com. All right, good stuff. And you're also involved in the legal aspect after the shooting. Yeah, in fact, uh, my my latest venture comes out of my my teaching career. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's because you know during the time that we'd be teaching, we'd be talking about legal issues, and and nobody was ever able to come up with a logical, rational way to handle the legal aftermath of a self-defense shooting. Uh, I was involved with many court cases over the years as an expert witness where people were being prosecuted for crimes they did not commit, and uh, many of those times it was a a gun-related self-defense crime. So I decided that I wanted to do something about this. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of challenge in my life at the time, so in 2003 I decided to go back to law school. I took four years going part-time and got my law degree, and during that time, I hit upon the idea of forming a nationwide organization for armed citizens, uh, which in the event that one of us, a member of the organization, was prosecuted or sued after an act of self-defense, then that organization would help them pay their legal fees and, and do whatever we can to uh, to make sure that they're not wrongfully uh, wrongfully committed, or convicted, I should say. Oh, wow. So... How does that work for the new person coming in? Well, the new person pays $135 up front to join the network. Uh, and that might seem a little bit a little bit steep, but with that $135 is eight hours of education. We now have eight DVDs, uh, and those DVDs cover you know, a multitude of subjects regarding use of deadly force and self-defense. So we like to say that you're not only joining a legal defense network where you're also paying for legal education and that's a pretty cheap uh, pretty cheap uh, payment there so they join the network they get the DVDs and then after that if they want to stay a member of the network the renewal fee is $85 a year and uh, do you want me to kind of tell you what we do for the for the people beside the DVDs yeah please okay what what happens is that if one of our members is involved in a self-defense incident, then we will immediately forward to their attorney up to $10,000 to help them cover the initial representation. That's even before we know the details of the incident. Uh, we don't know if the member uh, was legitimate in their use of uh, force and self-defense or if they may have gone over the line and did something wrong. But we need we do know that they need to have legal representation. And so we'll we'll forward their attorney up to ten grand. Then, if they are being wrongfully prosecuted or sued after an act of self-defense, then they can petition the uh, the advisory board of the network uh, for additional funding. At that point, we dip into the legal defense fund, which has about three hundred thousand dollars in it now, and we we basically decide how much money we've got to spend on their case, and and we will help. Uh, help that member pay their attorney's fees, expert witness fees, uh, whatever we need to 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 make sure they've got a a good, thorough, complete, and just uh, legal defense. Aha. And that's the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. Right. Huh. $135 for like a course almost to get you legally up to speed so that you don't do anything stupid, and then $85 to cover you after that if you want to continue 
being a part of the network. Right, and uh, you know the the membership becomes more valuable all the time because we we keep growing the legal defense fund. We started out with zero dollars in it, and we take twenty five percent of our membership dues uh, and put it away in this legal defense fund. And we've actually had to use that fund four times now for for four different members involved in in self defense incidents, and uh, and so we do use it on occasion. Uh, understand that this isn't insurance. We don't have any type of payouts, uh, automatic payouts, or we don't do any reimbursements for costs after an acquittal, that sort of thing. Uh, this is purely a a membership organization, kind of like somebody being a member of uh, the AAA. Uh-huh. The, the benefits are there for you to use if you if you want, but uh, you know, and basically that's how the system works. Can you tell me about one of the four cases without using the names? Yeah, in fact, our first case is a is a classic example, uh, and uh, this was a this was an Iraqi war veteran uh, down in Atlanta, Georgia. He was acting as security in an apartment complex, and uh, he came across I think three other people who didn't have a right to be there in that apartment complex, and he told them to to get the heck out of there, and uh, and instead of complying with his lawful uh, you know, command to leave. They jumped in, beat him up severely, put him in the hospital. And at one point, this young man uh, grabbed his Glock 19 out of his waistband holster and pointed at the three guys and uh, told them to leave. Yeah, and and they quit attacking him at that point. Of course, when the Atlanta cops uh, show up, they they find one one guy with a gun, three people complaining that he uh, he pointed the gun at him for no reason at all, despite the fact that he was severely beaten up. Oh, crap. And uh, and they arrest our our, our young man. And uh, I get the call uh, the next day uh, from the from the member's uh, father, who says, "Hey, you know, my son is a member of your network, and he's in jail right now in the Fulton County Jail, and and he needs some assistance." Wow. So, I got I got on the phone. Uh, within a couple hours, we had an attorney for him. We had that attorney paid for, uh, and uh, that attorney was ready to fight the case all the way up to the day of trial. Uh, the day before the trial, the Fulton County prosecuting attorney came back with a plea bargain that was so low that it was foolish not for not to have the member take it. It basically was like a jaywalking ticket. Oh, okay. And, and then it was dismissed after six months, so our member has his gun rights back. Oh, so, that's not... You know, if if he would have had to go to trial, then then we would have had uh, had an attorney there to to defeat you know to defeat this unmeritorious prosecution, and it was clearly a, a, a bad prosecution. But you know, that's what happens sometimes. And that's good stuff. So, how can we contact the the Armed Citizens Defense Network? How can we find out about that? Uh, easiest way is to go online at armedcitizensnetwork.org. And all the stuff is right there. Yeah, and you could Google Armed Citizens Network if you wanted to, and it would pop right up. And and then all the, the contact information, phone numbers, emails, et cetera, are there. Oh, that's good stuff. I'm trying to make sure that everybody who listens to the show has some options, man. This seems like a good one. Well, we, we like to think so. We, we don't do a whole lot of uh, overt marketing. Uh, we really are a club of honest, law-abiding armed citizens uh, from all walks of life that, uh, that basically says, you know, we need some protection against the prosecutors who would who would prosecute us just because there's a gun involved, regardless of the merits of a self-defense case. 
All right. Good stuff, man. Well, thank you for being a guest, and I will make sure I share this on our next episode. Well, thank you very much, Ken. It was a pleasure being on the show, and uh, I would love to come back if uh, if you ever have the, the need to have somebody talk about these types of issues. Oh, most definitely. If anybody has any questions, I'm going to make sure that I get you back. Okay, we'll do. This portion of the show has been sponsored by ErgoGrips.net. Small arms accessories built for high performance and control. Shooter focused. ErgoGrips.net. All right, if you can't tell, there's been more interviews than normal. I actually have people calling me to get on the show, and that's a good thing. As I try to build the Blanchard Media Group and actually make it so that I can live off this thing, meeting great businesses, people that I can show you to or introduce you to or support is a major piece. And my goal, I want this thing to look like our version of Larry King. I want to surpass Piers Morgan or whatever his name is. I want to be that talk show host guy that is trusted that you have, that you can rely on, that showcases people. See, it's not about me. I just want to make sure that the people that make it through the filter that are worthy of your attention get to you. So that's what this show is becoming. As you know, this Black Man with a Gun show is a whole lot more than just about farms. And as the rest of the world catches up to what you already know, maybe I'll survive. In the optimism mode, I got about five or six things that could happen, should happen, might happen. I mean, I've sent my proposals and links to my show to a whole bunch of folks, and I'm just waiting to hear back. But, hey, it is hard out here for anybody in business. So, Add to it being a black man with a gun and you just add to your misery. Speaking of endeavors, don't forget to check out gunrightsmagazine.com. Got some hardworking writers that write good stuff over there. Shout out to everybody at freedomsnetwork.org. That's our prepper Facebook page in case they steal our stuff and go off the grid. We'll still have a place to meet. That's freedomsnetwork.org. If you're listening to this show, you're welcome to come on over. The water is fine. Your friend and brother from another mother is working hard with his own media company. So if you have a voiceover request, you need intro or outro or something special or announcement for your podcast or your radio show, give me a holler. Let me try see if I can work that thing out. I do impressions and everything. I can sound articulate. Hi, this is Reverend Ken Blanchard, and I want to invite you to join us at the Unnamed Church Podcast. It comes out every day, Monday through Friday, a little inspiration, a message to help you in your walk with Christ. It is a part of the BlanchardChapel.us. Come join us, won't you? All right, soon I want you to check out bearingarms.com new website and uh, I shall be writing over there too as well as uh, blackmanwithagun.com uh-huh don't forget about me there
love that. Makes me want to buy a cape. All right, next up, Ambrose Jones III. All right, I have on the line with me Ambrose Jones III. Man, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. Thank you for having me. Man, I heard you in Virginia Beach, and you had me and my wife cracking up, and I just had to have you on my show. How long have you been in comedy? Uh, I've been doing comedy for about six years now, man, about pretty much six years. Uh, August, end of August will be my six-year mark, man. I'm doing an anniversary party somewhere, man. <laughs> oh, that works. And, and where are you out of? Uh, I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, but I've been staying in Memphis for the last 15 years, and I consider that my hometown, but while I've been there, I have acquired a driver's license, a baby mama, and a patronizing prostitution charge, so I consider that my hometown now. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's home, too, man, for sure. <laughs> if we if we were um, looking on the road, you got a, a big event coming up in a couple of weeks in uh, in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. It's actually the uh, World Comedy Series of Comedy Competition. I did um, I did my first round in uh, Chicago at Zany's, and I made it to the uh, finals. And the finals will be in Vegas September 23rd through the 28th at the Tuscany Hotel. All right. Yeah, in Las Vegas whether escorts are legal. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's right. I don't don't have to worry about no patient out of prostitution charge legal out there. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> have you always been a funny guy or you just kind of started this thing six years ago? Uh, pretty much been the... I just not always... I started in 2007 and before that, I just used to always be the guy that likes to have a good time, likes to sit around and laugh and have a good time, not worry about too much. You know, just a joyous person, just want to see everybody laugh and smile and have a good time, you know. I can, I can deal with that. Especially now, man. There's a lot of stuff people are sad about, too. Oh, man. They be worried about stuff they ain't got no control of, about the president going to war with Syria. I mean, that's nothing we can... We can do to stop him or or tell him to go ahead. You know, we just got to control the things we can't control, and the rest leave it up to God. You know, or whoever you believe in, Allah, Pope, whoever you believe in. You leaving you leaving that wide open, huh? <laughs> yeah, you got to leave it wide open. Because you said something to me about uh, folks always trying to get you to give like your opinion on stuff, right? Like, uh, yeah, like, how, how do I feel about Barack Obama proving gay marriages, you know? I tell them I really don't care. I'm straight, you know? You let them do their thing and let me do my thing and just don't let our things collide, you know? <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it, it is, man. I know a lot of people haven't heard of me yet, but tell them to keep listening. They're, they're, they're here, here of me one day. Yeah. Oh, I, know, I don't doubt it, Doc. I don't doubt it. I'm glad I had a chance to have you on the show. And I'm wishing you success, man, in the World Series of Comedy. And just in general, man, as you as you continue on, don't forget about little old me over here. Oh, man. man I won't. I won't. I thank you for reaching out, you know, to me, supporting me, buying my DVD. Yeah, y'all watch that DVD? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You can tell the whole world. They can go to uh, my website and purchase that DVD. If they want to either my first DVD off my website at www.comedianambrosejones.com. Ambrose is spelled A-M-B-R-O-S-E. Ambrose, thanks, man. Appreciate you so much, man. I, I, I bless God for you, dude. Hey, thank you. Thank you. God bless America. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. <laughs> All right. No problem, man. Thanks. Well, all right. Like after drinking a tall cup of coffee on a two-hour bike ride, it's time to go. Thanks for riding with your friend and brother from another mother. If you like the show, feel free to tell somebody. The show notes can be found at blackmanwithagun.com. If you have a joke, a news item, or something that would fit, feel free to send it to me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Want to advertise here or become a sponsor? Doesn't take much and I'll treat you real good. I know I can help. Contact me anytime. My phone number is 888-675-0202. Now may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine on all that you do. And until we meet or you hear from me again, may my God hold you in his mighty hands. I'm Ken Blanchard, and I appreciate you for making this on the best podcast on the net. Shalom, baby. Well, sister, the time has come for me to ride hard and fast.